0: Buddy, welcome back to another week of Ghost in the Scene, your only certified friendly, ghost friendly podcast. I'm your host, Gio Champitazzi. I'm here with my co-host Rob Thomas. How are you, Rob? Gio, it's
1: so nice to hear your voice. I am in complete darkness right now. Um, because I, I'm I, I gotta hide from all of the you know ghosts and and goblins. other paranormal creatures it's really spooky right now so geo i don't i don't know if i can see you i kind of have to squint a little bit but i'm trying my best i'm right here you got uh, three
0: fingers up on both hands so at six
1: okay okay yeah so I, i think i'm getting there my eyes are starting to adjust um but you know, just so our listeners out there know that I, I'm having trouble seeing. Um, so if if I look away or anything, that that's why. If you if you notice something is off, mm-hmm. just know that I'm also not being able to see anything right now.
0: And for the podcasters, you're gonna know when he's looking away audibly. You'll know you hear his eyes are very loud. Um, you know, it's a spooky time. And I'm glad that we're back together again because our powers combined make it bearable. I I would say that, you know, life without you is just so unbearable and life with you, I can stand any amount of pressure and we're like diamonds and we shine. And this is what we we bring to the world in our podcast. We want to shine for everybody and we want everybody to shine along with us. So uh, this week we are going guest free. We want to shine and use the pureness of of Ghost in the Scene and use that for the rest of this month just to show that together, you know, we are powerful. We want to recharge our chakras together. And in the month of November, we will have new guests and we will continue our our trek towards bringing the world together. But I think for the month of October… To have that unity between you and I, Rob, is very important because we're coming up to our fourth anniversary that's into our fifth year of Ghost in the Scene, which is charged because we're coming up to number six. And I feel them more than ever.
1: Totally. I mean, you know, find light in the beautiful sea. You know, I choose to be happy. You and I, you and I, we're like diamonds in the sky, Geo and we're gonna shine bright like a diamond and Shine shine bright like those diamonds uh and you know sometimes that that light you know that like that prism we can't put anything or anyone in that path because you know they might get blinded but this is also for our listeners this is for you we're getting back to our roots you know this is basically the new year for us so we're we're taking it back to the classics and giving you the content that started, that kicked it all off.
0: Yeah, it's so true. You know, we were a fledgling YouTube channel just four years ago, starting off on our journey into the paranormal, into the unknown. And we started off in a very honest and earnest way. We were looking into movies and we were finding ghosts in movies. We were like umpires, you know, we were calling ghosts for ghosts. And I will say at first, we, we found them at a rate that was maybe a little bit too much for the amateur. You know, we got involved with some heavy demons. And this time around, I don't think we're going to have that issue. This time around, we've even chose, chosen to do more provocative films. We're in the month of October, we decided to do more haunted films. And this week is no different. We are doing The Omen. And everybody knows the original, that's a fine movie, 1976, great movie. But we're talking about the 2006 remake of The Omen, which everybody says is way better. I don't know how many times have people have asked me, have you seen The Omen? And I say, yeah, I've seen The Omen. 1976, and they slap me across the face. They say, get that out of your head. That's garbage. You know, have you, if it's not in Blu-ray, throw it away. That's what they usually say.
1: I mean, I'll, I'll come clean. You know, I actually, you know, we're watching a lot of movies that are so spiritually charged that it's been hard for me to approach them. So this is another movie that I'm going into blind. Um, and, and, you know, frankly, based off of last episode, talking about guys, I'm a little scared about this one too i know there was a reason why i've been staying away from these films you know last time we found out the you know poltergeist is about me and now i don't have the you know the such a big head to think that all the movies are going to be about me but i know for sure this is going to be some heavy stuff so you know i'm making sure i'm wearing my protective gear i Mm -hmm. hope all of you are liz using your protective gear right now like You know, you got to be like drinking like a liter of holy water uh, going into these episodes.
0: Yeah, that's for safety, for hydration. Put some electrolytes in that, maybe some salt so you don't drown yourself in water. Get the strap, you know, get your guns with silver bullets out. There could be some howling in the distance that might be coming towards you. Some werewolf action. This is a time where our voice, the echo, the waveform that we send out is lethal to the uninitiated. And I, and I hate to say it, but this is one of those months where energies are so high-pitched that you could attract a vampire into your window and you could attract a werewolf into your laundry room. And, this is, you know, I'm, not, and I'm not talking about uh, you know, uh, one of these you know, Willy Wonka-style nice vampires with candy, you know, candy corn for teeth. I'm talking about drink your blood, Edward Cullen, diamond skin vampires. So, you know, be, be careful, but also of course, listen to us. You know, this, this is the time where we're at our most powerful. So this is going to be an intense movie.
1: Definitely. I mean, in that power, you know, it cuts both ways, Right. You know, it exposes the ghost, but it could attract the ghost. You know, we say that we're audio sage, but, you know, smudging can only do so much for you, and we just want all of you out there to be to be careful, but please still listen, because the information that you will get out of this will protect you against any demon that you come across.
0: And every demon combined. That's a guarantee. Ghost in the scene. Guarantee. Now, you haven't seen the Omen 2006. I have the opposite experience, which means that I have seen it. And in fact, I went opening day, 2006, June 6th, which for you math heads out there, that's 6606. I know the gasps. I know you're saying, you know, how could you? How could you go out on a day like that?
1: But Gio and I do. I'm doing the math. You know, this is an R-rated movie. This is like, don't you can't get into this movie if you're under uh, 18 without parental supervision. And if I'm doing the math right, you you were not 18
0: at this time. So how did you get into this movie? Well, I was a rebel. I was also not dumb. I was with a group of friends. We were all paranormally not experts but we were fledgling you know amateurs we were trying our our hardest not to not to get overwhelmed and so we went as a pack and it was for the ritual of a birthday actually and so we were in line and we were trying to figure out how to get in different ways you know oh maybe we'll buy a pg-13 ticket and we'll we'll sneak in well the theater where we were at they were sly you know they they didn't let people do that kind of thing so we found a man in the line in front of us and he approached us this was a bald man and if you remember from tony's story you know the connection from your head to the spirit world is the closest right here the most energy so his baldness compl- and when i say like it was like mr clean like you know i don't even think he had eyebrows to be honest now, this man said he would let us follow him into the theater, and he would say that he was our guardian. And he said, but you have to say that you allow me to be your guardian. And so we said, of course, of course. So he goes. We, you know, we buy the tickets. He says he's, he's the uncle. He walks us in. We go into the dark theater, and we never saw him again. I, did, I didn't see him walk out of the theater. When we walked out, so that's amazing. So, did you, you didn't even see him in the theater while watching the movie? No. He walked in front of me, in front of all of us. And when we sat down, it's like he melted into the chair. Oh so,
1: legally, though, Gio, you understand that throughout the the course of this movie, you know, because you said this, this spell, right, this ritual, this man's my guardian, this man is legally your guardian. Through the course, this is Hollywood law, right? Yeah. This, this guy is legally your guardian. And I'm a little concerned that the fact that you didn't see him when you left, you know, he might still be watching over you. Okay. And, he's not he, there. you know, like, I would be careful when doing your taxes because you're probably going to have to claim yourself as a dependent.
0: Oh, my God. To this guy. That would explain why I've been under audit for the past 15 mm. years. That explains a lot because I've been claiming independent this whole time and that would make a lot of sense. Now, spiritually, I have felt a sense of protection and I, and I can't say it's, it's good or bad because, you know, I didn't have the tool set at the time. Recently, of course, I've been able to converse with all of my guardians. That's multiple guardians and he has since retired. I've heard, but I will say when I started and, and this, I, you know, I've had a lot of stories where I've said, this is what started me off on my journey, right? But, but I will say, 666, when I was there in the theater with my friends, which was a group of practitioners, seeing this ritual, seeing this performance on screen, it changed me. It changed me forever. And the kind of things that they show in this movie is what I live for because it is, you know, religion, occult, it's reality, you know, it's ghosts, it's dogs, it's everything that I love. And that's what I think I want to preach about this movie is that it had to be remade. That's why people will say it's better is because this was the stars aligning. This had to be remade. It could not be unremade because if not, I think something would have happened and maybe this postponed the apocalypse and we can get into that later.
1: Wow. That's amazing. You know, before we really dive into it though, because I've never seen this film, there's one thing that's really, you know, bothering me, you know, that I really want to get to know off the bat. And I think our listeners would like to as well, especially those like me who have not seen it, which is who, are the omen? you know, because we have the X-Men. Oh so who my.
0: are the omen? I really wish you wouldn't have asked that, Rob. Do you think the bald guy's an omen? Yeah. Yes. Wow. He said that. That's why I, I really wish you wouldn't have said said that. We, we could have talked about this off off mic, because, yes, he is an omen. And they have a – I wouldn't say it's an Illuminati type of organization and because I wouldn't say the X-Men are like the Illuminati either. But they are like a fraternity of, of practitioners, magical users, and they consider themselves like knights, spiritual, astral knights. That's a fact. You can find them. You can find their, their LinkedIn profiles. In the astral.net. Now, the omen, omen, have lots of different ways of approaching people in reality, right? They could approach people like the Mister Clean, which Mister Clean is an ambassador of the omen. Oh wow! I don't know if you guys knew that. Also, the Michelin Man mm. is an omen. The Pillsbury Domen is an omen. Oh,
1: wow. See, this is, this is so fascinating because all the, the, these are symbols that are in front of us mm-hmm. day-to-day in our lives. And,
0: you know, without the right context, it's just it, – you completely miss it. And that's the thing about secret societies is that it's in front of your face. People that – like Dr. Phil, I mean, when he came on the scene, completely – Shaven, right? He had that beautiful patch of skin on the top of his head, like almost like a monk, because he is a no man. No way Wow that's, that is- that's not even part of the movie that that's just you know being being a part of a secret society, knowing who is who, having a guardian for this long, he, he's told me a few things. Eddie Murphy, not yet. He's oh. refused. Really? They've asked him for years, and he's refused. He said his hair is too important. That mm. is, it's his crown. That that's where he gets his power. And so he's he's gotten the Steve Carell treatment, which is where they get you know implants. They do stem cells in their in their. Uh, actually, it has to go in the skull. Right. So that's. Neither here nor there, there are plenty of people, Hannibal Burris, of course, hmm. plenty of people out there, um, Keegan and Michael Key. you know he's out there, and he's an omen. but none of these got the attention of the director John Moore or the writer David Seltzer. This movie wasn't for that, although there were some people that were working on the boom, some best boys some PAs that were working that were definitely, you know, carrying around the sacred dagger that the omen have. But this was a movie of Hollywood stars, you know, Shriver. Schreiber, Schreiber, um, Julia Stiles. Do you know who Julia Stiles is? Oh, yes,
1: of course. Um, you know, famous actor, Tim things I Hate About You, Mm -hmm. you know uh you know lots of you know early
0: 2000s classics she was also in the tv show Dexter which is about a serial killer so there are plenty of strange tie-ins with her and kills death paranormal and you know we don't want to get into the whole Heath Ledger thing but of course she was in 10 Things I Hate About You a movie about numerology and hatred, definitely about witchcraft and spells. Wait,
1: in 2001, Gio, it says in 2001, she was in a movie called Oh.
0: Wow. Oh. So, and that's, here's the thing I want people to, and this is for a petition for thechange.org, oh, oh, them instead of oh, men. Mm. Let's change. Let's change the the narrative here, because Julia Stiles had to be in a movie called O, which is unfair to her because she was not allowed to don the Omen title because of sexism, because of the patriarchy. So I want to change it to so its total inclusivity to O them. To the O oh, them. And of course, when it's time for them to remake this movie in a couple of years, when they, when they do it on the other anniversary, I want them to change it. And I want people to sign our petition to change it to O oh, them. But having Julia Stiles already doing a dry run in 2001 just proves that she was the perfect cast for this character of Catherine Thorne. And Leave Schreiber, Schreiber. I'm going to say Schreiber each time, and I, I, I'm sorry. I apologize in advance.
1: Well And, you know, Jill, I think you must be right, though, because I swear his name was spelled with a V as well. And I, this must be some sort of Mandala effect happening right now.
0: You know, there is something about Leib. Oh, man, it's Leave, not Lieb. It's Liev Schreiber that is mandala heavy his entire career could be mandala affected by half the population and we'll get into that a little bit more later but first let's get into julia styles let's get into her relationship with this this beautiful project 2006 the omen right she was the one that convinced the director john moore to get to even attempt to cast mia farrow in this movie and on her suggestion she was gladly accepted into the role as the nanny the killer nanny so magic of course this is this is classic witchcraft manifestation the ability to grab another one's attention. I don't even think Julia Styles knew me, who Mia Farrow was. And, I don't, and vice versa. I don't think either of them knew who each other was. And yet, through magic, through the power of Hollywood, now we have Rosemary's Baby. Or I guess Rosemary, from Rosemary's Baby, in this movie as well. So how many sons of Satan are in a, in a single movie?
1: And And if you if there's any doubters out there, and I mean, I applaud anyone who's a doubter that's still listening to us. Maybe this is your first time listening to us. But let's remove all doubt that this is all just, you know, mistake and like, oh, this is just coincidence. This is Hollywood. People do all this stuff all the time. You know, keep in mind that David Seltzer did not, you know, this is a long game for him. He did not just write the omen 2006 he wrote the original omen in 1976
0: mm-hmm.
1: so you know there it is it, it's this has been a long long you know time coming you know this was this was set up you know 30 years before the fact you know this is david's uh you know masterpiece at play
0: and couldn't he be said any better so the omen is about a little boy and we can get into the synopsis, right? We can tell you about, but basically let's just get into the fact that this little boy is evil. He's the antichrist. And the dad leave leave Shriver Schreiber, is trying his hardest to uncover the truth. Meanwhile, his son is causing a muck. He's ruining his whole life. And This happened in the 1976 movie. There's no difference between the basic plots, right? It's the same beats. So you have to ask yourself, what is different that they changed that's worth changing? Well, the actors, the setting, and some parts of the story. And so the parts of the story that I think are the most important is what they added. And what they added was scenes from the Vatican. Scenes from the Pope getting a dossier, getting a dirty dossier. And all of a sudden, he's learning about the end of the world and how they're predicting a day and they're predicting a location. And basically, it's more like, you know, sir, is there anything that you want us to do about it? And he says no i don't want you know there's nothing to be done he claps his hands hasta la vista baby it it should have been arnold schwarzenegger in that role they robbed him of that role and
1: maybe saved him you know we, we could talk about the actor who who filled this role at a later time but you know this
0: it's pretty spooky what happens next exactly because what happens is of course the mystery is unraveled in the process julia styles the mother is murdered and leave leave schreiber is taking his son he finally figures out a way to kill him right he has to take some kind of you know convoluted dagger that he that he takes um from a journey with a priest and he takes the dagger to a church a cathedral and i mean these are major spoilers so make sure to listen in yeah everybody if you guys haven't seen this movie yet this is the the time to really pay attention so he takes the dagger he's about to consecrate the ritual by killing his son just like abraham tried to kill isaac i mean this is classic bible all over again and yet just like the bible he has stopped but instead of by the grace of God and a voice of an angel stopping him, it's the voice of bullets and actual bullets killing him. And he is shot to death by the police who shot in an open church, right? That's definitely against the law, a God, God's law. I'm sure it's, it's – their laws are within reason, killing somebody who was about to kill a child.
1: Right, I mean, the fact that they have to shoot in is because they can't step on holy ground. It's a it's a well known fact. Police cannot step on the holy ground.
0: That's uh, right. So If you're
1: you get yourself in trouble with with any officers, just you know, run to a cemetery, run to a
0: church sanctuary.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, they can't you they can't touch you. That's you physically cannot
0: touch the ground there either. They'll burn. They will literally burn. And this is you know the, when you have to have your. Your weapons of war on you, and when I say weapons of war, I mean holy water. If you're in a, in a consecrated ground and you see a cop and they get a little bit of holy water on them, it will burn. It will singe them. That is the truth. So keep that on you because you never know when it's going to come in use. You want to douse yourself if you're thirsty or if you want to ward off an evil cop. And uh, unfortunately leave Schreiber did not have his holy water on him and the ritual was ruined and he was murdered. And that's not where the story ends in the original. That's kind of where the story ends that he is murdered. You go to the end of the movie, you're at his funeral and little Damien looks around at the camera and smiles and breaks the fourth wall like Deadpool. But Mm. in the new movie, There's an extra scene where it goes and it cuts back to the Vatican where the Pope dies, which signifies the beginning of the end of the world. And then it cuts to little Damien smiling as if he is the one that killed the Pope. So maybe it was good that we saved Schwarzenegger from this role because he would have been dead he would have been dead in his tracks because the actor who played this Pope has never been seen again. And that's the truth. That's a solid truth. It's Very solid. I mean, not only that, but he, he died on April fool's day. Wow. In 2013. Wow. So he was in exile for seven years and then died on April fool's day. That's the humiliation that comes from getting killed by, the that's Antichrist child. That's just
1: embarrassing. Because can you imagine being the family being told that your your loved one died on April Fool's Day? No one is going to believe that.
0: Me laughing all the way to the bank with that one.
1: Right. I mean, that's like in or to get into to the afterlife, however way you see it. You know, they're not going to believe you. So he's basically doomed, like in purgatory, for lack of a better word.
0: Did you know in California law? It is it is the law that if you die on April Fool's Day, that you have to be buried in clown makeup. Yeah, that's wow. the truth. Yeah,
1: I mean that's why if I feel like I'm going, and it's you know uh, March thirty first, mm-hmm. I'm say end me now.
0: Yeah, I'm Assistant not going to go and make a clown. Yeah, Bonzo's Law is what they called it, and that's something we another change Bonzo's Law. You know, let people die with dignity on April Fool's Day, finally. We need to stop this madness. But it's funny that we talk about clowns because, you know, when one of the nannies is is committing suicide, she's jumping off a building. Little Damien is, is riding on one of those, you know, uh, merry-go-rounds, and he's on a clown horse. So yeah. – Everything is connected, of course. In this movie, of course, and I wanted to show you some evidence that proves that the, you know everything is in you know fate. That they chose these actors for the reason beyond their capability of acting and showing emotion. That they had extra sensory, extra abilities like the omen. So this is a video of Julia Stiles that I wanted to show you. And it is a video of her young, in school, talking about hacking. And you will see that she is a world-class hacker. She is in the scene. So if you can see the screen, can you see this? Yes. Okay, here we go. How about letting me
1: write about the Hacker for the next issue? Do you know anything about hackers?
0: Can you jam with the console cowboys in cyberspace? What? Ever read Neuromancer? Huh? Ever experience the new wave? Next wave? Dream wave? Or cyberpunk? I didn't think so. I'll handle the hacker stories. Yeah. I wow. Oh my goodness. Wow. Uh, Here's one more where she talks about something called an assassin box. And we're just getting to the good part. Good part? Time bombs, assassin boxes, a really grungy hacker mine. Loaded with all kinds of fun stuff. What's an assassin box? A device that sends deadly electrical currents through the phone lines to wipe out entire computers. Uh, uh, Oh my god. uh, Are you okay? Are you okay, Rob?
1: uh, uh, Please. Sorry. I just had to. Ah. Oh god, my (laughs) headphones are burning. Like there's some sort of electric shock, like a deadly electric shock that was sent through my electric waves.
0: She sent an assassin box to you. I'm so sorry, Rob. I should have warned you. I I didn't ask you to put your firewalls up. I'm so sorry.
1: How was it? I didn't realize that she was such a prolific hacker.
0: Julia Styles is, if not the greatest hacker in this universe, in all universes.
1: Oh my goodness!
0: That's what Julia Styles brings to the table, and that's why they brought her to the Omen, two thousand and six. I'm sorry you had to go through that, but that's just 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 display her powers.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, if all of you out there, you know, just don't be just be careful heed this warning that was, was sent sent to me you know there are assassin boxes out there that is at julia Styles' d- disposal and i noticed i and i um you know and i told you i can't see very well but i did notice that she had a nose ring in those clips very similar to mr
0: clean's earring yes this was when she was proudly showing her her alliance with the Omen. The O Them. The O Them, yes, exactly. So that's Julia Stiles, what she brought to the table. Leave Schreiber. This guy is a mystery. We could talk about some of his work, but first, I wanted to show you who the real Leave is. And I think I might be saying his name wrong, and I, and I apologize. His name actually might be Liev, um, but I'll let him say it because there is a clip of him on SNL where he shows his true colors, and it is not a pretty sight. But I think it's worth showing you because this is what he brings to the table. So I'm not going to show you the entire clip. I just want to show you the pertinent part. So I'll set up the first part. Um, They're having a a double Dutch jump rope kind of contest where each person is introducing themselves. So um, Leslie Jones and another SNL comedian have introduced themselves. And now it is Liev's turn to introduce himself. So um, here we go. This is uh, called There's Something Wrong with Liev Shriver. That's true. My name's Liev, and I'm this week's host. OK. My best friend is a little boy ghost.
1: <laughs> I see him late at night when I'm all alone. What? He says, get
0: out of the house, you little quick. Are you good, dude? Good. Yeah. See you guys at rehearsal.
1: Cool, man. Oh, man. Wow. Uh, that was horrifying. Yeah. So that's glad that our
0: podcasters out there, the street team didn't have to see that. Yeah. I'm glad you guys couldn't see that. Um, and you know, that's not all, I, I don't want to show you this next clip. It's, it's super long. Just look it up on YouTube. It's called paranormal occurrence and it is a true to life, Retelling of a paranormal story that Liev had. And not only Liev, but Kate McKinnon has one. Cecily Strong has a ghost story. And they're just telling a very sober story of ghosts to scientists. So he is in the scene. Let's just say it. You know, Liev is in the scene. He's been working with ghosts. And now let's get into this mandala thing. Because I will say it, I, I will admit that there is a large part of his career that I simply do not remember existing. Can can you say the same or, or is it just me?
1: I mean, I, I know that he was like in the X-Men movies, but not all of them. Yes. Uh, I, I know he's on TV, but I can never remember like what what shows... Right. I mean, and I can't think of a time when he didn't look like the exact same age.
0: Ooh. Ooh, ooh, yes. I didn't think about that. I that has not come across my mind thinking about his youthful look. But Liev doesn't look a day over sixteen years old. No. He looks young. And could it be I mean, if you know the X Men. I mean, right there, he was in the X Men movies. So, you know, full stop. But first of all, if you go to his actual role, he is Sabretooth, which canonically is at least somewhat related to Wolverine. And they have healing abilities. Wolverine was born in the 1800s which means that he looked that young because of his abilities. Saying that Liev Schreiber, Schreiber is such a good actor and such a good occultist that he could use a spell to replicate that effect on his body to be that young forever. It's, it's a possibility.
1: I mean, obviously, being the responsible journalists that we are, we're not just going to go out and say it. But we are just going to float it out there because we know that there's a lot of you with the resources to dig up the truth on it.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, we know that we have Bill Yates listening in. We have plenty of, of actors, directors, writers. Everybody that is anybody is listening at this Very moment in a different dimension i mean we're talking about a multiverse here so the multitudes are listening to us so it's safe to say that this will get solved we will find out the truth from all of our investigations and the omen is just a small piece but what's so interesting is how it fits into every other part of our show for example leah shriver well, actually, hold on because we didn't even finish talking about the mandala effect that's that's the effect that Leah Schreiber has on me. I literally can't even finish a conversation about him. I get mandala we can't I, I literally can't even talk about Ray Donovan without mandaling myself so let's just finally break the ice. Ray Donovan is a TV show that exists, and I know that might shock a lot of you. I know that might have you know, turned a lot of people off just by the sheer disgust of thinking that that might be a reality, but I implore you to Google this, Google Ray Donovan and you will find out Lee of Schreiber is in fact the star of a show. I mean, not only is, is this a, a show that's been
1: on TV? This is a show that is still on TV. New episodes coming out in 2020. This is, you know, Lev Schreiber is currently,
0: you know, on, on our TVs. I, I didn't even know that. You got Mandala'd, my friend, and he has this effect. And I think this is some kind of spell, some kind of blurring spell that he has cast on himself as an anti-paparazzi measure because everybody knows what happened to princess diana rest in peace rest in peace rest in power and everybody knows the dangers of alec baldwin you know slapping people's cameras fighting for parking spaces everybody knows when you trap a lion in a cage you know you you let something loose you let the animal out of the cage and bad things are going to happen that's the scary thing about Lee Shriver is that he has the ability to blend into the background like a chameleon, but I think almost to his detriment because literally I think half the population doesn't even know that he's the lead star of his own show. I mean, not just, but this is
1: where the Mandala comes in. Cause when you start looking up the show, you actually see, despite everything, this is a very popular show. You know, it's ranked up, you know, you know, over eight stars out of ten. What? With glowing reviews. And people talk about how it's their favorite show. And it's the only show that they watch. So, to me, that only means that it must exist in the multiverse. Right. Because there's no way in, in the universe
0: you and I live in, Geo that that many people are watching Ray Donovan. And you went over the synopsis with me, with me earlier. And you, you said in the synopsis that he made people disappear. Yes. So he's a, a, a guy that does disappearing acts. Right. I mean, and it's like, listen to the other cast in the show, like
1: <laughs> Eddie Marson, Dash Mihawk, Pooch Hall,
0: Harris Dorsey. Who the hell are these people? No offense. I mean, right. I'd love to have any of these people on to explain this mandala effect to us. But, I mean, who the fuck are these people? What is this show? <laughs> I mean, the only person I've
1: heard of that's on the show is John Voigt. And I swear, that guy is no longer alive.
0: Yeah. Definitely, you know... Mickey Mouse, Chuck E. Cheese style robotics going on in John Voigt with the way he's been acting. Ever since I would say National Treasure 2, there's something happened. I think they put him in the duct tape for too long. And his motor skills just just got shot. And now he's like an animatronic robot. So Ray Donovan is real. I want I want to cap that and just, you know, send that off into the universe. That I think there needs to be more awareness that if you, you know, are are tired of arguing about the berenstein berenstain thing, which I know gets old after a while, I think it's finally time to break out the Ray Donovan argument and just say, Hey, do you know about this? And if they don't, you gotta explain Mandala to them and everything that entails that. So let's get to My other point that I was rearing to get to, because this is so relevant to the show, the person that was going to be in the role of Lee of Schreiber was none other than the Sorcerer Supreme, Jim Carrey.
1: And we're back to the omen, right? Jim Carrey wasn't supposed to be in Ray Donovan,
0: was he? No. (laughs) Actually, I don't know that. And I don't think anybody can prove that either true or false. Hmm. So for all we know, he's, yeah, he was in the running for both Ray Donovan and for the Omen.
1: You know, I believe Ray Donovan might be an ambergram for Ace Ventura.
0: I just did it in my head and it matches 100%. Wow. No error right there. So this is the Ace Ventura TV show that we've been promised for years And it's finally coming to fruition. And Lee Shriver had to do it because he probably looks younger than Jim Carrey now. Jim does look a little bit old. I think that when you are the Sorcerer Supreme, you know, magic and time wears on you differently, and you do have a different look, which I think is helping him play Joe Biden right now, Mm. helping him channel Joe Biden. But it's it's not good for a young Ace Ventura style of comedy using his butt and talking with his butt i think that's more of a leave thing now
1: right right and you know because there's no way that we could have watched ray donovan in our universe i mean who's to say what he does in that show but judging by the reviews that i'm reading he must be t- talking with his butt because otherwise it wouldn't be rated so high
0: yeah and i think that's uh, a call out to everybody that's writing tv in our universe you know, just give the people what they want. You know, stop beating around the bush and give us some talking butts like we, they had in the 90s. I know nostalgia is a hard thing to swallow and you don't think it's an original idea, but at a certain point, we demand talking butts and we're not getting what we want. And that's, that's a shame. That's a call out to you. So, Jim Carrey was inches away from grabbing this role in The Omen. Becoming an O-Man. But I think he wanted to wait until we changed it to O-Them. I think he is respectful enough to want to wait. And that's why he's a Sorcerer Supreme. That's why we give him such high marks. Because he has the foresight. He probably even saw into the future to this very episode. And was like, oh, they're going to change it to O-Them. And then I'll be in the remake. So... We can look for that movie coming out with his blessing, his cosign, And let's just put a quick cap on The Omen as a movie because this is a movie about the apocalypse. At the end of the day, this is a movie that kicks off the apocalypse. And a lot of people are going to throw stones at us for that because we don't have what you would say is concrete evidence. Or at least that's what you would say if the next part of the show didn't happen. But in fact, we did some research. We did some more research. And we found the truth. And we're going to show it to you. And this is going to truly solidify, like concrete, the evidence that we have. 2006 was the year this movie was released. In June. Six months after this movie was released in December, a little movie called Apocalypto was released. And I want you to think about what this movie, the omen, was about. It's about the apocalypse. Apocalypto? It's like the apocalypse, but with an O. O men. Yes. Yes. Wow. Okay. So now that you're following me, six years after that was when the world was supposed to end in December 2012. Six years after Apocalypto. Apocalypto was translated from English, written you know in English by Mel Gibson and translated into Mayan, into traditional Mayan language. And that was what was recorded and filmed on set. So we have the Mayan tie-in. And I didn't mean to rhyme on that, but we have the Mayan tie-in along with Mel Gibson's prescient ideas of the apocalypse along with the O. In the same year, six months after the Omen remake, 30 years after the original Omen written by the same writer. We have a hacker who is literally, you know, the Stephen Hawking of hacking. And I keep on doing these kind of weird rhymes, and I'm sorry. But Julia Stiles just gives me that extra juice. Her hacking is, is that good. And of Schreiber, I said his name right, he's out here in the ghost dimensions with all of us. He's on the front lines. So – this is a movie made for ghosts in the scene. Of course, like everything, everything kind of comes back to us because of our significance in the multiverse. And I think this was um a a letter from the universe to us. And it was almost like saying, you know, there are people out there in the scene that are kind of doing parallel work that it's just beautiful, but also they're talking about the end of the world, the apocalypse. Was a prediction that Mel Gibson said in 2006, but he was talking about the Mayans in 2012. Well, people actually have been saying the Mayans might have gotten it right, but we might have translated it wrong.
1: I mean, this is what happens, you know. I, I appreciate Mel Gibson's efforts to to try to do the research but this is what happens when you do it wrong Mm. when you don't actually put in the work to get it right the way that we do is that you end up feeding people false information you know he was basically just doing google translate to write his script and said oh 2012
0: Mm. what a fool
1: without appreciating the actual
0: research needed to to get the right translation. And all he had to do was pull out a Ouija board, conjure a Mayan Ghost, and ask them if they wanted to be an intern on the movie. If they wanted to get some some college credits. Right. At minimum. And they could have done that easily. And Mel had the ability to do that, but he wanted to cut corners. And that's what you get. You you completely flub an entire number And you fake out an entire world thinking that 2012 is going to be the end of the world. People sell all their stocks, right? They're burning all their cash. They're lighting rockets, trying to escape the planet, and nothing happened. Except what happened? We have to wait until instead of 2012, it's 2021. And that's next year, everybody. Minds didn't get it wrong, okay? Mel got it wrong. Okay, Gibson got it wrong. So, Lee Schreiber got it right. Jim Carrey is, is stewarding this entire transition to the apocalypse. He is aware of this. Acting as Joe Biden is a part of the plan. This is all fake. We were supposed to watch this movie. You were supposed to listen to this podcast. And, you know, October is supposed to happen. Everything, Everything here is falling into place. And we are a part of the puzzle like we thought we were solving the puzzle. We're even a part of it ourselves, Rob. And that's just humbling, and it's beautiful. And the movie about the apocalypse turns out to be a movie about community at the, at the end of the day. And that's beautiful to me. This is
1: fantastic.
0: You know, it's
1: – I think that – it just makes me so proud of the work that we do because at face value, someone might watch The Omen – get really spooked out and be turned off the scary movies forever and think and just come away with the complete wrong message about it thinking that it's just about this little boy but it's really about so much more it's about you know it takes a village like they say to raise exactly. a child mm. and you know I, I that's truly I think the message that is important to
0: learn here and you know the the child actor you know, goes on to do plenty of other movies. He was in a a movie called Haunted House recently in 2020. That was his latest movie. So he is continuing the tradition that Liev and Julia you know, showed him. And so we have him also as a leader of the community.
1: I mean, and and Gio, in terms of like being a piece of the puzzle, like, you didn't really tell me, but the, the there's one of the, the cast there's a Giovanni Lombardo Radis. Like, yeah. you're in this film, Gio.
0: Yeah. Um, I signed an NDA. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a young actor and I signed an NDA, so I, I, can't, I can't say if I was in this movie or not.
1: All right. Well, I mean, you do know if, if I guess it though, the NDA is null and void.
0: Oh, really? Then yeah, yeah, yeah. Then 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 I was, it, it was it was a good weekend that that I was on. Um, I, I played an, I I played a Roman Catholic priest. I was in the Vatican. I was briefing. I was I was one of the guys who was working the light. I was I was a light clicker. So if you, if you look, you'll see me. I have a giant hat. I have robes, and they gave me a, a fake beard with some glasses. But you'll see that I'm there. I probably had uh, an extra 200 pounds on me that was just I – was, I was in a heavy rotation in my local gym. We were doing uh, rowing contests. So I was, I was doing a lot more work, a lot more heavy lifting, you know, muscle man competitions. I looked a lot different then, and it was a different time. But, yes, um, I was in that movie. It was, it was a good time. But I will say shout-out to the craft services table. They had a spinach artichoke dip with a ghost pepper. And that's how you know that they take care of their own. When when you have the ghost pepper to inoculate you on a set that haunted, you know that they're looking out for. And, of course, they had the three-ply toilet paper for when you go number two and the ghost pepper comes out the other way. And that's what is a rookie mistake for most craft tables. They'll feed you good food, but they don't have good toilet paper. So, for anybody that's craft services, make sure that you are getting good toilet paper. Charmin, the guys with the bears. I mean, you gotta go at
1: least double ply. You know, hopefully they got the triple.
0: Yeah. And it's, there's a reason why triple is the magic number, right? It's three multiples of three get you to 666 of course so let's let's leave it there because there were multiple sequels to this movie that we could get into and I think if we did we would uncover that they're all about us from you know stories different vantage points maybe us in the future and I don't want to get into that yet because I think we need to forge our path into more of the classic horror movies and find out some more truths because, you know, I think the Omen, which are now officially going to be called the O-Them, I think case closed. I mean, definitely.
1: Uh, you know, this has been very for- informative. And yeah, I think we do need to go through all the classics to see how, you know, we're, obviously we're talking about us and how we're connected, but I know all of you out there, I was nodding at those times when you, when you gasped and oh, that's about me, because guess what? It's not just about Gio or, or I, you know, like we said, we're just one piece in this big puzzle and so are you, you know, there's a reason why you're listening to this show right now. And it's because you're part of this puzzle too. We're equal pieces together. So I've been nodding. I've been, I've, I've definitely heard, every single time that this is also connected to so we need to be looking at all these other movies and finding these clues finding these messages that have been sent to all of us
0: yes so true and that's what we're going to do so everybody wants you to stay in the scene keep your
1: eyes on the screen you know you know watch the classics to study them
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know this these are our history books
0: Don't be afraid to watch alone in a dark room, even if you're partially blind. Sometimes the sound is all you need. So take care, guys. We love you, and we'll see you guys next week. Goodbye.